You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a six-month subscription to leadquizzes.com valued at $300. Leadquizzes helps you create interactive lead generation quizzes to help you grow your email list. This is the same software I use to generate over 20,000 leads for my business in 2017. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a snapshot or picture showing your subscribe and text it to 716-218-8981 or email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And we have yet another amazing guest today. His name is Chris Daly. He's a digital marketing entrepreneur, a speaker, neuromarketer who gets excited about helping businesses learn what their users want on their website using psychology-based testing and analytics. And that sounds pretty in-depth and we're going to take that apart today. He started his conversion optimization agency, Daily Conversion, back in 2014 which he later merged with Disruptive Advertising, where he currently works as the VP of Site Testing and Optimization. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me on, Dennis. It's a pleasure. Yeah, this whole conversion rate optimization, there's a lot of tentacles to it, and we're going to unpack that today. People are spending a ton of money to drive traffic, but sometimes I think they forget about the conversion piece, right? So I know you guys are helping solve that problem. Before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about, you know, disruptive advertising and your role there, kind of two minute journey on how you got here. Yeah. So I actually started my career in the SEO space. So driving traffic to websites. And so I spent a few years doing SEO and I ended up in-house at a company where we were driving a ton of organic traffic and a lot of it wasn't converting. And, you know, at the company I was at at the time, nobody knew why, you know, everyone just assumed it was because the traffic sucked. And, you know, I refused to accept that after all the time I had spent getting that traffic there. And so I discovered the concept of conversion rate optimization or A-B testing kind of out of necessity. And after we ran a few tests and actually found an increase in conversion rates, I fell in love with the space. And particularly what just fascinated me was the question of why, like, what is it that gets people to convert? Why do people come to a site and not convert? You know, what is it that they're looking for? So that's kind of what drew me to the space. So I spent a few years doing conversion rate optimization. I ended up looking around. I I wanted some help scaling up my conversion rate optimization efforts while I was in-house. And I just couldn't find a solution out there that met all of my needs between budget and expertise and all of the pieces that I wanted. And so I went out and started my own company to kind of create the solution I was looking for. And, you know, and so currently, once I merged with Disruptive, I basically brought my company over here to Disruptive and we are essentially a third of the business. So we do website testing and optimization. We run Facebook ad campaigns, and we run Google ad campaigns. So we're focused on driving great quality traffic and making sure that traffic converts. 
See, and what I love about that is that, you know, most entrepreneurs, when they're running their own site, right, or they're running their own ads or their own site, or they're generating their own traffic through just organic or whatever they have in house, you know, what I found is in the past, you know, sometimes it's very almost intuitive or they go with their gut. And what I love about conversion rate optimization is it's very data driven, right? And so I think that's a really you know, obviously this isn't brand new, right? I mean, you know, people have been doing A-B tests for a while, but you'd be surprised. I mean, I think the audience would be surprised at how much better optimization you can get, whether it be for your email opt-ins or whether it be for, you know, your e-commerce conversion or info products or whatever it is you're selling by just doing some simple A-B testing. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some optimization strategies today. So tell me, how long ago? I mean, what was the company that you were? Do you mind? So you started your own comp. You were working for a company. That's where you discovered conversion rate optimization. You started daily conversion, and then you merged in to disruptive. Right? That's the timeline. Right. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, listen. So here's what I want to do. And out of again, out of almost a selfish note, and I think that the audience would love it as well. Being that you're the conversion rate optimization guy, and I'm spending money on traffic. I'm sure that. My audience is spending money on traffic and we're not getting the best possible optimization. Can you share maybe some tips and strategies on how we can significantly enhance that and put those advertising dollars, get a better ROI? You bet. And let me start by saying what you're not looking for. So one hang up that a lot of people have with A-B testing is things are already working well, right? So I, I hear this every day from business owners. They're like, well, we are, I mean, our website is pretty well dialed in. Like we're generating a really good ROI on it. So what you're not looking for, you're typically not looking for major problems, right? I mean, if you have major problems, then you need to fix those. But A-B testing is not simply to fix problems on your site. I mean, that's what a lot of people view conversion rate optimization as. And the other thing, too, is you're not going to be jumping in. And, you know, a lot of people we were talking before we started the podcast. And a lot of people, when they think of conversion rate optimization, they think of, big, huge, wild changes on the website or, you know, testing out some new cutting edge feature on the site. And that definitely has a place in a good conversion rate optimization strategy. But there's actually a first very simple and basic step that every business owner or website can take that is one of the most foundational pieces to conversion optimization that a lot of people skip. And the question that you really want to ask when you first think about conversion rate optimization is what do I have anything on my site currently that is hurting conversion rates? And I'll tell you, nine out of 10 times, nine out of 10 businesses that I have worked with have at least one thing on every page of their site that is hurting their conversion rates. And that blows people's minds, right? Like, you know, anytime you look at a website, if you are the entrepreneur, there's a reason why you have every single thing on your website. I mean, I can look at your website and I can go, oh, why do you have this product on there? Oh, well, because, you know, people might not want this product that I offer, but they might want this other product. Or if you're in, you know, B2B lead gen space, it's like, well, I have to have a client testimonial because they don't know my brand and, you know, they need some kind of social proof. And I have to have these 15 paragraphs of content because this is a really technical audience and they are very specialized. So they need very technical content, you know, and yada, yada, yada. I need this picture on there because our CEO is really well known and everyone needs to see that he, you know, whatever. I mean, it's endless. And when I talk to business owners and I start asking them, why did you put this on your website? Why did you put this? There's always a reason. 
<laughs> of course. But it's, but it's never data. It's never, oh, because we tried these three different things and this actually worked the best. Like, I don't think I've ever talked to a company yet that has told me that. And I look forward to the day that I do. I will be really excited. It doesn't shock, doesn't shock me at all. <laughs> and so the first question that you want to ask, and like I said, this is one of the simplest tests to run that can be the most informative. First question you want to ask is, what do people want to see on our website? Or are we giving them anything now that they don't want to see? So I'll give you an example of a test that we ran for a company that increased revenue by $30,000 in a week. So this company came to us, it was an e-commerce company, and they were crushing it. I mean, generating tons and tons of money from their website. So they put about $350,000 into a website refresh, you know, right? They went and redesigned their website. And they didn't significantly change it because, again, there was nothing that was broken on their site. They just wanted to refresh it. So make it look a little bit more modern, a little bit whatever, polish it up a little bit. But you would expect that when you put $350,000 into a new site design or even a site refresh, you'd expect that something would happen, right? You'd like hope. That you would get some kind of return from that significant investment. But what happened was they put all this money into this new site design, they launched it, and nothing happened. You know, conversion rates didn't go down, which is great, but they didn't go up. You know, nothing happened. And so they're sitting there scratching their heads going, well, why? You know, we have this better looking site design. You would think that it would convert better. So they came to us and said, well, we launched this new site design. We're not really sure what's going on. Like, I mean, is it working? Maybe it's working and we just don't know that. So one of the first tests that we ran, I call it an existence test. And the concept, the point of an existence test is to test whether or not everything that's on there should be on there. Like, should all the stuff on your site even exist in the first place, right? So we were challenging a lot of foundational principles. So we looked at the homepage. And on the homepage, they had like 30 different products listed on their homepage because they sold all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, belt buckles and beard oils and pre-workout supplements and shirts and hats and I mean, everything. And so we looked at the homepage and said, well, why do you have all these products on there? Oh, because, you know, people come from Instagram and on Instagram, people love just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and seeing a ton of stuff. So, you know, we wanted our homepage to be just like Instagram where you can scroll and scroll and scroll. Maybe you don't want our hats. So maybe you want our shirts. Maybe you don't want our shirts. So here's the beard oils. So they have all these products on there, right? And so the first test on the homepage we ran was, should all these products even be on there? So we used an A-B testing platform called VWO, Visual Website Optimizer. And inside of Visual Website Optimizer, this test literally probably took us half an hour to build. We went in, we created eight different variations of their homepage. So we continue running traffic to their existing homepage. And then we have our eight different test variations. And on each test variation, we just removed a category of products. So version one, remove the beard oils. Version two, remove the shirts. Version three, remove the hats. So we create all these different versions. We launch the test. And out of eight different versions of their homepage, six of them increased revenue dramatically. Like huge. I mean, I mentioned $30,000 in increased revenue inside of a week just by removing stuff from the homepage. And so what that instantly told us is people don't want a homepage where you just scroll and scroll and scroll and there's a ton of products. And the actual products we put on there matter. You know, if we show people too much stuff, they are getting distracted. And that distraction is causing them to actually not purchase from us. And so again, this was a very simple, basic test that started to open up a whole new world to this client, which is, 
oh, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't just throw the kitchen sink at our homepage and put everything on there. Maybe we need to be really deliberate. So then that, then you start asking a lot of really good business questions like, okay, well, which product should we put on there? That's a great test. Let's run that test. You know, should we have different numbers of products on mobile and desktop? Because the mobile screen size is so small. Maybe they want less products on the homepage on mobile. Yes, that's a great test. Let's test that. And so again, it doesn't have to be really complicated. You don't even need to run eight versions of your homepage. I mean, you can run two or three versions of your homepage and just test removing some of these sections of your page. Or if it's a landing page, test removing some of your content or remove your testimonials and see what happens. Maybe people, people don't want to see those testimonials. Yeah. So what I love about that is that it's very, I mean, you take a very simplistic approach to it, right? You're not adding a whole bunch of bells and whistles and the newest, shiniest toy or the, you know, the newest app or the newest widget to your site. You're actually pulled, number one, you're subtracting, but two, you just took a very simplistic approach like you described to me. Is this product, you know, is it this product? Is it this product? Is it this product? Compare them. And then the numbers tell the story. I mean, you know, increasing revenue by $30,000 in one week. I don't think there's anybody who would be awfully upset about that. So, <laughs> so I know you shared that example, but could you package it up for the audience? So, because a lot of the people that are listening to this have websites. Now, some of them are e-commerce, some of them are more, you know, just blogs and informational, right? But either way, I think conversion optimization is important for anybody who has a website, depending on, you know, because ultimately your goal is probably to either get an email opt-in or to sell them something, right? In e-commerce or otherwise. So, or direct them somewhere, right? So ultimately, could you share a little bit of a framework of what, what an average business owner could do to start seeing some whether it be measuring or seeing some sort of a significant increase in their optimization. Yeah. So I think one common misconception that a lot of people have is that you have to measure conversion rates, click-through rates for some substantial period of time before you can test. And that's not true because with any A-B testing tool you use, there's a lot of A-B testing tools out there. Google has a free one called Google Optimize that's not the best tool out there, but it is not bad and it's free. You know, there's Optimizely, VWO, Adobe has one for really large companies. You know, there's all kinds of tools that you can use. And all of those tools, you're going to gather your baseline metrics during the test. Because, you know, if you measure your site for the rest of this month, which this month is June. And so if I measure my conversion rates for all of June, and then I go, okay, now let's run a test in July. Well, guess what? Conversion rates in July are going to be different than conversion rates in June, no matter what. Because... There's all kinds of things that affect your conversion rates, right? You know, maybe July is super hot and I sell sunscreen. And so, wow, my conversion rates just went through the roof because it's a really hot month. And so I might think, hey, I just launched this new version of my site and conversion rates went up when it has nothing to do with that. So that's why, you know, you don't need to do a bunch of measuring before you do site testing. You're going to gather those metrics while you test. So a couple of basic questions that I always ask with business owners, marketers, designers, when I'm looking at their website, when we're trying to figure out where should we start? One of the first questions that I ask is, what is the goal that you, what is, what do you want people to do on this page? What is your objective? And so if it's the homepage of your website, again, whether you're B2B or whether you're B2C, you're going to have an objective and it's probably to click on something. Like you don't typically convert people on a homepage, right? So the homepage, you just want to get people into your funnel. And so if you're a blog, you want them to click on an article. 
If you are a lead gen site, you want them to click into a product page or an information page where you have a call to action. If you're an e-commerce site, you want them to click on a product or a category. And so you want to drive them to take action. But before you even do that, you need to understand what that is. Because if you ask a lot of business owners, what do you want people to do on your homepage? They're going to go, well, I want them to buy. It's like, no, not yet. (laughs) Right, right. This is step one. We're taking baby steps here. And so it's important that you very clearly understand what is my objective with this page? What is my KPI? How do I know if I have a good homepage or not? And then what you can start doing is you can start asking yourself some questions like, is it obvious what I should do on this page? Like on your homepage, if I am a lead generation website and I have a form on my product page, do I have a link to that product page on my homepage? And can I see that quickly? So is it obvious what I'm supposed to do? That's the first question. Second question is, what could possibly be distracting me from taking that action? And that's always, that's the painful question because just about anything could be a distraction. You know, no CEO sits there and thinks, maybe my picture is distracting people on the homepage. Of course not. (laughs) I mean, you you wouldn't put your picture on the homepage if you thought it was a distraction, but you know, it's hard to even like, it's hard to have the humility to approach that. But so what we typically do with our clients is we make a list of all the stuff that's on the homepage and we say, okay, here are the 10 things that are on the homepage. You've got your banner image. You've got a content section. You've got your list of logos that you work with. You've got, you know, whatever. These three offers, you've got this video. That's all the stuff that's on the homepage. Which out of all of those, which ones have a call to action in them? Like that take me into the page I want them to go to. Maybe only one of those sections has your actual call to action. So all the rest of those sections of content and videos and all the extra stuff that you have on there are all potential distractions. And so then you can go in and you can easily build what I just mentioned, that existence test. And so you say, okay, here's the eight things that might be distracting people. Let's create a version of our homepage where we just remove the CEO's picture. Let's test a version where we remove our video. And then let's measure our KPI. So if our KPI is click-through rates, If our KPI is product page visits or category page visits or whatever, let's measure that KPI and see what happens. So that's a really great place to start. And the great thing about starting with these very basic tests, these existence tests, is it helps you slowly like ease your way into a more complicated testing strategy. Because, you know, you talked about tweaking things on your website, you know, changing things up. You want to do that, but you want to do that at the right time. You want to make sure that you are spending your time tweaking stuff that works. You don't want to spend time, you know, changing your banner design if it turns out that your banner actually is hurting your conversion rates. You know, we've had clients that have spent hours and hours and weeks like redesigning a new banner for every single promotion they do every single month. And it turns out that people don't even click on their banner. And when we remove the banner, sales actually go up. And so they were just wasting a ton of time designing those banners every week. It's funny because you hear you hear a lot about this when you're talking about paid ads, right? So you'll test this ad copy versus this ad copy versus this image versus this. When you talk about when companies talk about Facebook ads or Google ads or things of that nature where it's where it's pay to play, you hear a lot about the optimization of those ads, right? For cost per click or reach or whatever it is. But you know, you just don't hear a lot about it. I mean, you hear a fair amount of it and it's a growing trend, obviously, 
of taking that very data and scientific approach that you just described to my audience on your own website, which is your home base, right? Which is where most of your, which is where a lot of your sales and traffic is going to come from. So it just makes so much sense. I mean, I'm looking, I'm literally, I see a reflection of myself in my computer screen right now, and I'm calling stupid on myself because there's some areas of my own, I own a variety of different websites, and there's some areas of my own websites where just something simple like this could literally have a huge impact over the next, you know, compound effect over the next six to 12 months if I were to just take a little bit better data approach to it. So I think there's a lot of others that this will resonate with as well. So let me, was that the end of the basic framework? I don't want to cut you off. I, I just thought that that was important. Yeah, no, that's super important. And, and so, I mean, really, we take a, a very simple three-step approach. Step one, figure out what should be on your site. So that's what the existence test helps accomplish. Step two is you want to refine the stuff that you have now that you know that it works, right? Now that you know that your banner actually does produce conversions, now we can spend some time refining that and making it better. And then step three is trying new stuff. We call it exploring, right? So trying new designs, trying new features on the site. Hey, should we try a chat feature? Should we try a little pop-up widget every time somebody converts on our site? It's a very methodical approach, right? Whereas most businesses are just randomly grasping at whatever idea comes at them. With this type of approach, you have a very strategic framework and it's all based on data. And so, yeah, I think that really kind of sums it up. Perfect. So how long, you mentioned earlier, you don't have to run these tests for a month, you know, but if you have a site, I mean, most people's sites are not getting hundreds of thousands of views, but let's just, let's say you got a site who, who's getting, you know, two to 5,000 page views a month, a small site, right? Relatively small. How long do you have to run a test like this in order for you to consider it to be valid, you know, enough traffic to be valid data? So there's a few kind of like basic rules that I give to my team. Number one, you never want to run a test for less than a week, like a full calendar week, because every day of the week is going to convert differently. And so you don't want to run a test from Monday through Friday and say, hey, we've got a result. But it turns out Saturday and Sunday traffic is that's when you make your money. And that wasn't even taken into account in the test. So a minimum of a week. If you get, you know, two to 5,000 page views, you're probably looking at more like two to three weeks minimum to get a really good result. And then the other metric that I look at is I look at number of conversion events. So again, a conversion event could be a click through, right? A click on a button or a click on a link or whatever it is. That might be your conversion event. Or you might want to look at, you know, in the case of this e-commerce site that I referenced earlier, you might want to look at transactions, you know, again, that's way down the funnel, but those types of events sometimes can be a lot more telling than whether or not I got someone to a category page or product page. So again, you want to look at the number of conversion events. And I usually look for a minimum of between like 50 and 100 conversion events per test variation. So if I have eight different versions of my website, I'm going to want 800 total conversions between all eight of them. Those are like a couple of basic rules. Now, there's, of course, there's exceptions to those rules. There are certain websites where you might get 10 conversions on one version and you might have 60 conversions on another variation. You go, holy crap, that's a huge discrepancy. I've got a lot of statistically significant data here. I don't need to keep it running. But again, like I said, those are going to be exceptions to the rule. Perfect. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I really appreciate you clarifying that other part because, you know, I'm going to go and do some A-B testing on some specific things that I kind of alluded to. 
And I just wanted to get a sense as to how long I should be running those tests. So, so that's awesome. Thank you for clarifying. So listen, we're going to wrap it up here, but I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. We'll do rapid fire. Number one, what's your favorite growth tool or software? So I love a tool called Hotjar. Hotjar is a free heat mapping software that you can put on your site. And basically what this will tell you is where are people clicking on pages on your site and how far down the page are people scrolling? And this will just open up all kinds of great growth conversations like, hey, nobody's clicking on our banner. I wonder why. Hey, everybody is clicking on our menu on mobile. Maybe we don't have the right content on the page. Just all kinds of great conversations like that. Perfect. Awesome. All right. And what would be one book that you would recommend to my audience centered in and around growth, marketing, you know, that genre? There's a lot of good books. Honestly, this is not going to sound directly relevant, but some of my favorite books are the Freakonomics books. Okay. And these books are all about behavioral economics. So why are people making the decisions that they're making? Why do we think certain things happen in the world? And the reason that I love this, and it has a direct correlation to A-B testing, is it kind of challenges you to think outside the box, to challenge your data, to challenge, hey, our sales went up last week. Why did they go up? Instead of just saying, well, we had that big promotion. It must have been that. You can dig in and say, well, let's actually look at the data and let's find out what was everything that happened. Or the inverse, hey, our conversion rates tanked yesterday. What happened? Let's look at our data and let's, let's come up with a number of answers. Awesome. Well, listen, Chris, I really, really appreciate you diving into this very technical and strategic topic because I think you know, my audience is going to get a lot of value out of it. Do me a huge favor. Let everybody know how they can connect with you and we'll close it out for today. Sure. And I actually have a resource that I put together for people that are wanting to get started with A-B testing, but maybe are a little bit scared of it. Perfect. So it's our A-B testing starter guide. You can go to disruptiveadvertising.com slash guide and download it for free. There's a little box that you can check if you're interested in talking with us. If you just want the guide, then just don't check the box and we'll email it over to you. Awesome. And how can they connect with you? Are you, where are you on social? Are you on LinkedIn, Facebook, yeah, Twitter? So, yeah. Check me out on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter at Chris Daly. My last name is spelled D-A-Y-L-E-Y. And I would love to answer any questions people have. Perfect. Hey, listen, Chris, thank you so much for being a part of the show. And I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thank you. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.